everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan. How's it going? It's snowing again. Not here. Well, it's, it's not snowing, snowing here, in North Carolina. And it's not sticking again, which is the most frustrating kind of snow. I, I think there's there's two two kinds of frustrating snow. There's the snow that doesn't okay. stick and the snow that sticks too much. The What's extremes. the snow that sticks too much? The, the, whenever you get like six or eight inches and you're not prepared for it here in Tennessee and you don't know what to do because you can't get out of your house and everything's shut down. That's frustrating. Even though it's pretty, it's frustrating. Well, number one, you should just always be prepared. Well, I am. And it's, number two, it's not me I'm worried about. It's the, the roads and the other people that, are, that I'm worried about. And number two, just get it. Just stay in the house. I know. That stay is in, fine. That, that's the best. The uh, Daniel Palmer, who is a pastor in the Ooh. Roanoke, Virginia area, and Daniel. used to work. Yeah, used to work at Southeastern. Uh, we worked together, and he used to say, "Every year you need one good Sabbath-inducing snow, like one That's snow fair. that makes everybody have to stop." And I think he's right. That's a good word. I really do. It's a good word. Yeah, because it's just it's great, and it. it it's always like I used to laugh at how um, Ryan Hutchinson is really known for his closing emails that he sends out. Yes, saw and that on Twitter last what, week. Yes, from from Southeastern Seminary. And uh, but what I always noticed was that we would close, which I understand the reasons that you you decide to close, but but Southeastern would close, and then everyone would drive to campus to go sledding together, and I would stand there and think. All my coworkers are here, and all the students that I know are here. So we made it, but we're not but, working. But we're not working. <laughs> but we made it anyway. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's but it, it. But it was so good. It was just so fun for relationships and for just just to kind of spend time, sort of resting and enjoying each other. And I think I think Daniel's right. Yeah. Well, uh, Daniel maybe uh, write about something else later in the year. We'll we'll have to keep an eye on that thing. Uh, but yes. anyway. We're going to move into our news and notes from this week. If you missed it, we do want to point back to episode 257. So last week on episode 256, that was our regular episode, we dropped a special episode in the middle of the week with Ronnie Floyd's Vision 2025 presentation from the SBC Executive Committee meeting last week. So if you haven't heard that, you heard us talk about Vision 2025 here on the podcast, Go back, listen to episode 257. It's just me doing an intro and saying, hey, here's Dr. Floyd. And then Dr. Floyd laying out Vision 2025. So I would encourage you to do that. That was a great time on the Monday night of the executive committee meeting last week on February the 17th. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to episode 257. And Amy, kind of a light news week this week. I think some we needed after last week. Yes, I think it, it. Instead of going along with kind of the same amount of news every week, we had a lot last week, and so nice to breathe. Yes, it is. All right, so we jump into it. Something carrying over from last week's news: the Southern Baptist Convention Executive Committee Chairman Mike Stone named his task force uh, that was authorized last week. Uh, that task force, we'll talk about it in just a minute. What it's supposed to do, but joining the chairman on the task force, it's seven members: the chairman and six others are Ron Hill, a retired pastor from Jackson, Tennessee, Mike Lawson, a senior pastor from First Baptist Sherman, Texas, Cheryl Samples, a retired educator from Dallas, Georgia, Hoyt Savage, a lead pastor over at Foothills Church in Las Vegas, Nevada, Monty Schinkel, the senior pastor at Concord Baptist up in Jefferson City, Missouri, and Roland Slade, who's also the vice chairman of the executive committee board, 
Uh, he's the senior pastor at Meridian Baptist in El Cajon, California. The task force was formed to address concerns that have been expressed both publicly and privately to various members of the EC and other Southern Baptists regarding how the ERLC's actions in relation to its ministry statements are affecting the convention and its relationships with local churches, local associations, and state conventions. We talked a lot about that, episode 256. So if you're not quite right. sure what's going on with that, go back, listen to episode 256, or check out the links here at the podcast, uh, at the website here at sbcthisweek.com. We link over to the Baptist Press article that, that kind of shares a lot more. So, Amy, anything else on the task force here? No, I think we just now have kind of that was the next step that the action taken by the EC was to establish this task force, but it did say that the chairman would name them. And so that's kind of the next step. That's what he has done. And I think we just can all assume that they will get to work. And uh, we don't even know what all that will entail, but that'll be the next step. And if we learn anything else. We'll drop it here. Yeah, I'm not sure we'll hear anything else until they issue a final report. And as the article that says, would be my guess. And, and yeah, as the article says, that is scheduled to come at or before the September 2020 EC meeting. That meeting is going to be September 21st and 22nd here in Nashville. Yeah, which means it could come anytime. It could come uh, before the annual meeting, after the annual meeting. It just, September is kind of the final deadline. They have until then to complete their yes. work. Yeah, so they gave them six months, basically. Go out, find what you right. can report back. You got six months. If it takes that long, great. If not, even better, probably. Okay. Right. Other news, Amy. Something also kind of related to last week, Baptist Global Response. So we mentioned there with the Sin Relief uh, Formation uh, and the globalization of Sin Relief really last week. Baptist Global Response CEO Jeff Palmer announced his retirement this week. This came just a few days after the announcement about the partnership between BGR and Sin Relief. And Jeff Palmer has already had, he had overseas experience before this, said he wants to go back into primary ministry, uh, doesn't know exactly what that means, but is trusting the Lord to lead him and his family to a more, you know, hands-on approach to ministry and uh, just preparing for that transition. Yeah. Jeff Palmer, good friend of ours here and uh, lives in Nashville, in the Mount Juliet area, went to church with me when I was over oh, on that cool. side of town. So he was a fellow church member of mine, so got to know him over the years. So he's been at BGR for 14 years now, Amy. So wish him all okay. the best uh, on his retirement from BGR. And uh, I, I think we're supposed to have a send relief announcement next week. If that if memory right. serves, we should have a, a big announcement. Watch for that on the Twitters next week, folks, on uh, Baptist Press or SBC This Week or, or our individual Twitters. We'll probably be tweeting about that as well. The announcement of a new president of Sin Relief next week. So that's scheduled to come, I think, on the 3rd, which is Tuesday. So uh, keep an eye on that. And over to the ERLC staying here in Nashville. They're going to aid pro-life causes in Northern Ireland with a conference, as well as some other resources that they're they're helping out over in Northern Ireland. Yeah. So this comes after sort of a, a monumental thing in Northern Ireland. Last fall, October 22nd, 2019, uh, for the first time in Northern Ireland's history, abortion became legal. And so their new regulations will take effect April 1. There was a, an amendment to decriminalize abortion by the British Parliament in Northern Ireland as part of the United Kingdom. Their legislative body, which is just kind of in turmoil, they, they have pretty strong partisan division. They could not block 
the new law by the October deadline. So they now face a kind of a very different reality with respect to issues of life. And so this became kind of on the radar screen of the ERLC. They saw this as a significant need and have done a lot of work on human dignity issues and religious liberty issues, for that matter, on an international scale. And so they are taking lessons learned in the American pro-life movement overseas. So they will place at least one ultrasound machine with a Christian pro-life ministry as part of the Psalm 139 project. They will host a conference in Belfast, June 19th and 20th, to provide biblical teaching for leaders and training for pro-life ministries, because this is a real game changer for them culturally, so they have to prepare for it. And then they're going to assist with a curriculum for both American and international churches to equip staff and members to testify to the sanctity of human life in their communities. So they will be partnering with two organizations, one called Both Lives Matter, which serves mothers and their unborn children, and Evangelical Alliance, which unites Christians in the United Kingdom. All right. Well, you can find out more about that over at evangelicals.life. Uh, for the conference over there. So evangelicals.life is the website for that. For more information, Amy, up to Missouri we go. Uh, there's been some discussions about some trustees at Southwest Baptist University up in Bolivar. Yes. So this is a discussion about a trustee of Southwest Baptist University, one of the colleges that is part of the Missouri Baptist Convention. So the nominating committee for the Missouri Baptist Convention appointed Mike Roy, a pastor uh, in in Missouri, appointed him to be a trustee in October 2019. And the Victims Advocacy Group, for such a time as this, has made accusations, have brought up some news reports from 2005, 2007. Um, I think it was a 2005 case, maybe some accusations in the uh, investigation of that case, that police accused him of not cooperating with an investigation. And they are really just talking about the vetting processes for trustees. So there's a a Baptist Press story that kind of talks through all of that. There are several layers to this discussion. I mean, there's been discussions about how trustees are appointed, um, Southwest Baptists kind of making some statements about that. The reality is this went through sort of the normal processes that we see with nominating committee at the convention level, placing uh, those trustees in the various ministries around the state. But the real discussion right now is just about this particular situation. So you can go to the Baptist Press story and see a little bit more. There's some quotes from Mike Roy, some quotes from uh, the folks at the Missouri Baptist Convention and, and others as well. But this is tough, and I think this is a conversation we may see surface because we're we're talking about things now that maybe not everyone was talking about years ago. We're really reconsidering how investigations were handled, how things were done, and that's that's what's happening here. Yeah. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on this and see if anything changes in this story. But uh, we got one more here down in Louisiana. A pastor was arrested February 11th after allegedly firing a handgun at an 18-wheeler in a road rage incident on I-10 down in St. James Parish. Christopher Checkers Williams, Amy, uh, was arrested, and uh, this story comes to us from the Biblical Recorder, uh, but he was a pastor of Celebration Church in Laplace in 2011 before starting Renew Church up in Baton Rouge. He's been a church planner there in Louisiana, but nothing else out of this other than just that he was arrested. Uh, The Checkers is a hip-hop stage name, Amy. 
according to a 2017 profile in Baton Rouge newspaper, The Advocate. Right. And I, I have, I, everywhere I see this story, it uses that. I don't know how often he really uses that stage name. It doesn't, it doesn't indicate, but that's what pops up in all the headlines and beginning. I'll just say that's a story I really would be interested to understand more. I'm sure there's another that's, side to this. Let's just put it that way. Yes. But that, I mean, firing in an 18 wheeler, I, that's, that's a big truck. Yes. That's all. Well, I'm that, that's say. just, yeah. Uh, there's got to be more to this. So I'm would, hoping that there will think. be some more information that comes out. Some explanation. Yeah, some explanation. Yeah. It's so, a big truck. Yes. That's how I, yeah. yeah. But he was charged right. with illegal carrying and discharge of weapons, reckless operation of a motor vehicle, aggravated assault with a firearm, and aggravated criminal damage to property. So apparently he hit the truck because aggravated criminal damage to property. I mean, you wouldn't. Right. You wouldn't get charged with that if you didn't hit the truck. So, and he was released yes. on bond. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's all I got on that one. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that's going to do it for the news this week, Amy. And that'll bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. I'm going to go to 1995 to a first person article. We've been doing these first person columns for a really long time. And so this is like 25 years ago. And this is at sort of the dawn of the mass internet age. The internet had been around for a while, but not being used by everyone. And Matthew Horn, who uh, was a member of Westview Baptist Church in Shorewood, Illinois, who knows, he may still be, um, did a first-person article about online ministry. And it just got my attention. I thought it was very interesting, especially as we talk uh, now about the way social media gets used. And uh, so... It certainly dates itself. He ta he's talking about what it's like as a computer user to interact in chat rooms on America Online is what he uses. He was a member of AOL. He says, I get the chance to talk to people and spread the gospel in a, such a way that it has a greater impact on people and their lives. It has been said that if you can bring the gospel into a person's house, then they may be more willing to listen. This is the best way to do it. And then he says he's been called an online minister by his peers. So this is uh, someone who had kind of embraced the social media platforms of the day. And what he would do is go, he would go into, it says he went into atheists online. He goes to those chat rooms and starts to answer questions about the, that people may have about the gospel or about the Bible in general, that he would go into all of these places. What's interesting is, and this is kind of a, I think a good precursor for what we may be experiencing today is he, he said, let us not forget to mention the other Christians who are on the system and other areas of doctrinal and theological discussions. And he talks about what could be a problem. He said, it's occasionally dangerous talking about debate because you never know when that one unbeliever might pop in and be forever turned away because of your arguing over a stupid, quote, major theological point. Huh. Um, and of course, of course, not all theological points are stupid, but I think he, he does have a point for us to consider there. He said, this is the only deterrent which I see that comes from this open type of system. However, you have to have it open or else people will think that you have something to hide and will therefore stop thinking about God altogether yet again. So I found it interesting because it's a different platform. 
It was the social media of 25 years ago, but there's some real wisdom in it where he talks about that it's a great place to share Christ, but that we also can turn people away by the way that we argue and debate and uh, the way we talk to one another. And I thought, my goodness, this is applicable today for a lot more people because so many more people are on the social media platforms that we have now. And so 25 years ago, Matthew Horn was talking about it this week in SBC History. Yeah, there's a bunch of tech-related articles. It seemed like that was a theme for this this issue of Yes, Baptist I think Press. so. Yeah. Yes, I think so. There was another one about high-tech witnessing. Um, and there was there there's an article in in there actually about some of the challenges in um like sex abuse crimes, things like that, how, you know, internet could be a problem there and how to go in as a Christian, how to approach, you know, as a Christian to be able to witness and to protect, but to protect your children from some of the evil things. And then someone else talking about a computer evangelism tract, things like that. eternal life track on disk, but you needed to have Windows 3.1 or higher and at least a 386 processor to download the program. So make sure that you've you've got that. I think I have that in my Apple Watch now. I bet you do. Yes. I bet you do. So anyway, it's it's a it's a totally interesting issue, but I did really like that first person article because I thought, man, you could apply some of this to us today. And uh, it's 25 years. Boy, a lot has changed. Mm. Absolutely. Golly, there's a lot has changed. So, but you could get the track in 16 languages and they were only 10 cents each. So there's that. There you go. There's that. And you can get it on a probably a five and a quarter floppy. Back then. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. It is amazing. Do you remember, did you have, because my first computer had the big floppy disks. That's what I'm talking about. Like the really, yeah. The really, oh, you're talking about the the nine inch ones? Like the size of your face? Or like the the ones that were, you know, CD size or whatever? Well, maybe it was the ones that were CD size because they had the big ones. I mean, there was like some really really big ones. And then there was the five and a quarter. And then there were three and a halves. Yeah, I, I would say five and a quarter. Five and a quarter was what I first had. Okay, yeah. And then I, I think had, that's what pretty much had everybody had right out the gate. That was about the, you know, we had a Tandy, I think, first. I had a five and a quarter. I don't remember what I had, but I remember I got it when I was 13, and I was so excited. Yeah. I loved it. Getting a computer was like one of the biggest deals, one of my favorite Christmas presents. Yeah. We never had internet until I got in college. I'd never had the internet until I got to college, and it was dial-up there, college. Cur- same. So. My first email address was my junior year of college. Mm. That's when I got email wow. for the first time. All right. Well, we we were slow adopters, I guess. But yeah. anyway. Or uh, look or at us old. now. That's Yeah, that's the question. Slow adopter or just old. Yes. Well, that's entirely possible too. But look at us now. Yeah. Recording a podcast in two different locations across the internet, merging it all together. We know what we're doing these days. Yeah. All right. It's well, amazing. That's going to bring us to our resources of the week. My resource of the week is a new book from good friend of the pod, Scott James. It's called Where is Wisdom? It's a treasure hunt through God's wondrous world inspired by Job 28. Came in the mail, I think, just day before yesterday. I think I got it on, on Wednesday. And yep, read I got it mine to, yesterday. read it to my baby girl last night before bed. So that was pretty cool. She really liked it. So she loves the uh, – did you get the little frame with a – the picture in it too. I did. I'm excited. I'm going to find a spot in my house. So to put that. she thinks that is the greatest thing ever. She's already taken that and put it in her room. 
She loved that. That's really neat. So that's very it's, uh, special. It's a look through Job twenty eight, like we said, and talks about where is wisdom. Where can we find wisdom? Can we find it in the deep? Can we find it in the sky? No, we can only find it through God. So if you have kids and you like bedtime stories or you know just uh, kids books, children's books, it's a, it's a big you know illustrated children's book. So check it out from Scott James. It releases I think next week, but you can pre order it on Amazon right now. So we'll put the link in the show notes over at sbcthisweek.com. But that's Where is Wisdom by Scott James. Amy, your resource of the week is? Mine is uh, his his testimony is My Heritage, which is a book that was edited by Christy Anyabwile and just brings together several women of color reflecting on Psalm 119 and then actually just giving application illustrations from their life and how really some of the truths encouraged them, spoke to them in different ways throughout their experience. And so it's really great uh, expository treatment of Psalm 119, but then just kind of sharing their lives. And so it is a really good book. I have had this for a while, but Baptist Press did a story, Tess Schoenhoven, who's uh, one of our writers. She does an incredible job. I loved this piece. She did an amazing, amazing work on this. And uh, so in observance of Black History Month, we've run several stories that are uh, related to uh, conversations about race within the SBC. And so there are a lot of contributors in this who are Southern Baptist women. And I wanted to put this out there. So I'm just going to share the article about the the book, the article that Tess did, but then also uh, we'll we'll put a link to the book in the show notes as well if anyone wants to purchase that. Yeah. So fantastic article that was really really good and Christiane Buile and all the ones that helped her with that uh, just did a great job on that book and test you like you said did yes. a great job on that article so and Amy it has been a, a bit of a slower week in the SBC thankfully uh, after last week last week was it was a lot going on so uh, we will turn our attention to the month of March can you believe we're only about three and a half months from the annual meeting we're, we're getting to that that one hundred day mark Amy it's pretty incredible we're we're almost to a hundred days I have to ask Allison. How much? How many more days until we get to that 100 day mark? We might have to celebrate that. Yeah, I think we. I think we probably should. I could just check the the countdown at our website. Don't we have a countdown clock? Yes, we do. Yeah, yes. I have. 102 a, days. I oh my goodness! Sunday will be 100 days. Wow. Oh wow! All right, so we're gonna have to put something on Twitter. Yes. So Sunday, March the first, is 100 days until the annual meeting. Yes. Don't forget, pre-registration is open. You can go ahead yes. and do that now. Um, and you can already, I mean, you can pre-register people and then you can add more later, mm-hmm. but you can kind of get get started making your plans to be there. Yes. So pre- like you said, pre-registration is open. SBCAnnualMeeting.net is where you find all the information for pre-registration for the SBC annual meeting in Orlando. Uh, the pastor's conference would start 100 days from today. If the annual meeting starts 100 days from Sunday, two days back, pastor's conference starts in 100 days. So that means in less than 100 days, Amy, we'll be down there on the ground. Yes, we will. We got a lot to do. I'll have been there for several days at that stage. This is a new new experience for me. I already felt like I was- you're going to have to work this time. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Hold up. That has been my busiest week of the year for years, but now I think it's going to be even busier. And I figured out the other day, I'm going to be down there 11 days, so I may as well just move in. Yeah. I mean, go for it. 
I mean, you Get probably qualify for the room. resident rate at Disney World. The, I, you know. Oh, I bet I do. The annual pass. That hotel room, that hotel room is going to be my home. Yeah, I'm looking forward to being down in Orlando as well. It should be a, a great time and uh, we've got a lot of people coming down for this one, Amy. You know, we we've we've been calling for that 10,000 number. I think we're going to go way past that this year. I think we will too. I think we will. So folks, register early. Register now. Get your child care lined up. That that's the big registration because that one that one actually right. sells out. We don't we don't run out of room for regular registration and pre registration of messengers, but child care, there is a cap. So if you're coming yes. you want child care, make sure you get that lined up. Also available over at SBCAnnualMeeting.net. And Amy, that's gonna do it for our show this week. We'll see you next week. See you next week. See you next week.